I was, I was uh, volunteered by those who were talking about doing it that I should do a short message. Uh, but you all know how well I do that. So, <laughs> what's that? No, 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 no. It, it's not going to be a message. It'll be a devotional. We'll see if that makes it any shorter, just by changing the name. <laughs> Luke chapter 18 this afternoon. Luke chapter 18. I, uh, I appreciate... I appreciated the, 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 just what we covered this morning, uh, and as we get into, we're going to cover the, I believe the, uh, the, the armor fairly quickly, um, but I wanted to say that for Sunday mornings. I want to make sure people that are, are, um, hearing it, hear all of it, and not just part of it, because the Bible says to put on the whole armor of God. And uh, so we want to make sure we do that. Uh, the Lord led me to this this passage and this message. Uh, we're going to start in verse 35 and read down to the end of the chapter. Uh, but this is a familiar passage if you've read through the through the uh, the Gospels. You've read about uh, this character, blind Bartimaeus. And I just wanted to, uh, as I as I studied him out and looked at him, it, he goes quite close. His Character characteristics go quite closely to what we've been studying in Ephesians, and uh, Lord just kind of laid it on my heart to bring this. So, chapter eighteen, verses 30, uh, thirty-five, down to verse thirty-three, it says, "And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, that's Jesus, by the way, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant." And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou shall I do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my, my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith have saved thee, have, hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for this beautiful picture of salvation. God, I pray that uh, as we uh, examine it, Father, as we... Uh, as we examine uh, the, just the truth of your word, God, may, may you help us to uh, just be ever more thankful uh, for what you've done for those of us that are saved. And Lord, may uh, the need be ever present and ever more clear to those that need you. Uh, Lord, whether they're here today or they're watching online or, or see this later, God, I just pray that your hand would be upon uh, this message. Uh, Lord, you know that I need you. Lord, I... I don't uh, have any grand thoughts of my own abilities here, Lord. I'm asking for your help. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting as you read through the Bible and, and through the Gospels particularly that Jesus spent so much time um, healing people, uh, performing all kinds of different miracles. And we know that those, those, those miracles were signs for the people that were there uh, because he was, the people of Israel were seeking a sign. Uh, but 
oddly enough, as many as saw the sign, uh, saw the signs, and then many of them rejected them, regardless of the signs. And the truth is, if as much as we think, we could, how, how much easier would it be to persuade people if we could perform miracles like that? And think about it. How much easier would it be to tell somebody that, uh, and explain to them the gospel and then say, well, you know, I don't know if I believe it. And they're like, here, let me heal this. And you perform a miracle and it, you'd think they'd believe it. Well, they probably would, the one who received the miracle. They, they, they received it. Um, he received it. Uh, but he received it in faith. And we'll get to that here in a moment. But there's a whole world out there that, that they can see the miracles and they would, they would reject the truth anyways. Because the truth is, um, just, like, uh, just like Lazarus, as he was in the, uh, Lazarus and the rich man, the rich man cried out to God and said, send, send Lazarus back. And he said, they have the, the prophets. They have, we have the word of God. There's power in the word. We, we, need to, we need to not uh, limit the power of God's word and what it can do in somebody's life. Look what it did in yours. Uh, you know, look, look how God saved you and how God changed you. Uh, you're, you're not, now, let me say this and say this carefully, you're not special. Now, while you are special, you're special to me, and you're special to the Father. God loves you. God loved the, the whole world. He sent his son to die for the whole world. And the, the gospel is just as powerful and can be just as powerful in their lives if we rely upon that. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and look back at this passage of scripture. And, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to uh, uh, look at a couple things that I noticed. First of all, I want us to look at uh, Bartimaeus' circumstance. It says there in verse 30, 36, and hearing, sorry, verse 35, since it came to pass as he was come nigh in the city, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Uh, here we, we have this, this man, he's, he's begging uh, uh, for, for food. His circumstances are terrible. Uh, if you see somebody begging for food, if they're begging for money, especially back in those days, uh, they, they had a very low threshold on what, what, what life was. Uh, but this particular man wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, just poor, uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but he was blind. Now, think about the different five senses. There, there are some senses that, that I could give up and it wouldn't bother me too much. Like if I, I went back when COVID first started coming out and this, uh, uh, they started talking about people losing their taste and their, and their smell. Now, Jess lost her taste and smell when she got, uh, got COVID. And it was kind of funny watching her eat things that would normally disgust her. And now it's even different. It's changed. And she, uh, she, her taste has changed. And there are certain things that she wouldn't eat before that she does now. I joked that I wish it would happen to me because then I wouldn't want some of the stuff that I, want, that I like to eat. And it might be healthier. And, uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily the case. But we can give up our smell, although it's, uh, we all love to smell a rose. Perfumes, are all, those are all nice. It's, it's nice to walk into a room and be, just to have that waft of, of smell in your face. Sometimes uh, you go into a restaurant or you're near somebody's cooking food and mm, makes you hungry, right? We love that smell. But if I lost that smell, not a big deal. In fact, it could be beneficial depending on what you do for work, right? Or who you have for family members. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it could be beneficial to you. You lose your sense of taste, while that could be tragic and, and does affect you, it's, it's not the end of the world. There are those that have lost their sense of, of, of feeling, of, of pain, and while pain is necessary, they, there's, a, there's a balance, there's a blessing versus, uh, 
cost there, right? While they, they don't feel pain when something happens to them, they also don't feel pain when something happens to them. Uh, it doesn't hurt them, but, but they can be damaged more. They may, may be injured more. But you lose your sight, and that's, uh, you lose your sight or your hearing. Those are, those are big things. But even your hearing, at least you can get yourself around and, and pretty much take care of yourself. You may have difficulty communicating with people. But if you're blind, unless you've got somebody, especially back in those days, you have somebody to lead you around or, or to, to teach you, which they didn't have blind schools like they have blind schools today. There, was, there wasn't Braille like there is today. Uh, those people that were blind were deprived of one of the most important senses uh, in, in their life. And you and I take these things, take it for granted. Imagine if one day you woke up and your eyesight was gone. It would be life-changing, life-altering. He was born that way. So while it may be life-changing and altering for you, it's, his life has always been that way. Uh, but but what, that, what that tells me, though, is he doesn't, he's never seen beauty other than what people try to describe him. He's he 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 has not gotten he, he can't see the beauty of a sunset or 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 the, the if if he if he's blessed to have a wife not able to see the beauty in her face uh, uh, he he's not ever, ever, he'll never see his uh, never see a child look up at him with 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 smile there are certain things that you look at that just makes you smile it was in Kai it was in the other room earlier and he's he was talking while she was, while Becky was trying to feed him and he was making all kinds of cooing noises so I was talking back from to from, to him from the other side of the room and he'd look over at me and smile real big and she goes stop encouraging him I said but it's so cute he'd never seen a baby smile before they've heard babies coo but there's but there, there's a certain visual sense that he was deprived of he, he, he was unaware of that beauty around him and unable to enjoy those things uh, uh, he was deprived of of, the, of being able to read uh, we, we, I, I love to read I am excited. I'm getting more excited because my kids are starting to read more. The, there was a period of time where they would take you after their mother, and she hated reading. Uh, but now they're they're reading all the time and uh, chapter books for for Ezra and Elijah and Hannah's starting to read Green Eggs and Ham. I don't know how many times I've heard of Green Eggs and Ham this week, um, but praise God, she's she's reading because she enjoys it and she likes it. And that's awesome. I, there's you read for enjoyment, but there's also instruction in reading because those people that read more learn more. And, and, and so what a, what a blessing it is to be able to sit down with a book and, and learn from that book. But, but listen, he was deprived of that ability. He couldn't go to There was no school that would teach him how to do certain things or work in, in different careers. He was, he was, he was, he was blind and, and unable to enjoy uh, himself or improve himself, at least uh, according to that restriction. And not only that, he was in peril all the time. Nowadays, they've got crosswalk signs and all. Listen, when the Roman chariots were running down the road, they didn't care if there was a blind man trying to walk across the road. And he couldn't see necessarily that, that danger coming. He couldn't tell if there was a hole in the road. He couldn't tell if there was a, a cliff nearby. Uh, uh, he was limited in, in his life. It, it, he was confined. And, and, and all because he was born blind. But not only does it tell us he was blind, he was He was poor. Because he couldn't see, it limited what he could do for work. In fact, I'm sure there weren't many jobs out there for blind people. You ever see a blind fisherman? He always gets this line stuck in the weeds. I'm not trying to make fun of, fun of blind people. You need to be careful. I, I really, I'm not trying. But he, he was limited in what he could do for work. There wasn't, there wasn't that, 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 those types of work. So what was he limited to? He was a beggar. 
He's, he's sat there on the side of the road and crying out for alms, alms for the poor. Uh, alms is, is money that was given out of compassion for, uh, by those who had money to those who didn't have money. Uh, uh, you see people doing it all the time on the, on the corner of the rotaries now, uh, or they're sitting outside of Target. As you drive out, drive out, they're holding, in need of something, in need of anything, right? What are they looking for? They're looking for alms. They're looking for money. Now, I'm not saying that, that they're on the up and out. I'm not saying that you should give money to everybody that you see. Uh, I'm just saying that, that, that he was one who relied upon the generosity of other people. He was unable to pursue a career for himself, unable to supply for himself. And I tell you what, as, as a man, as a husband and a father, man, it would crush me if suddenly my ability to work was gone. My ability to, to make money for my family, you, you become dependent upon other people. And you lose a sense of integrity and a sense of honor about yourself because you can't do it. You're, you're, you're just relying on somebody else to give you a handout. And that's where he found himself. So he's blind, he's poor, and the truth is he's, he's hopeless. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us there that he's hopeless, but, but, uh, but uh, uh, he's been blind since birth. He's not a young man. Uh, he's, uh, if, if there was something that could have been done for him, it would have been done before now. There was no doctor that he could go see that was going to magically, magically perform uh, uh, some kind of surgery on his eyes. Today, there's different surgeries, and there's different, uh, you, can have, you can actually have transplants of your eyes and things. They have that stuff now. Back then, they didn't have that. Right? So, so not only was he blind, he was poor, uh, he, was, uh, he, was, he was hopeless. Uh, there was never a thought that he was going to one day be able to see. Uh, uh, until, until he heard about this Jesus, uh, the, the son of David, the, the, the son of God who's coming down and he's healing people. He's making the lame to walk. He's making the blind to see. He's making the dumb to speak and the deaf to hear. He's, he's casting out demons. He's feeding the 5,000. He's, he's hearing about all these things. Listen, until Jesus, he had no hope. Can I say that for the, for the person that's lost, they're in the same position that Bartimaeus was in. The Bible says in Ephesians uh, chapter 2 that, the, that, the, that the, the, the one who is lost, who is dead in their sins, that their understanding is darkened. They don't know the, the danger that they're in. Their lives are in peril. Uh, they're, walking, they're walking around uh, in this life thinking that they're okay, but they don't know the peril that they're in. They don't understand that they're, that they're sinners, that they're on the way to, to, to hell. They don't understand that one day they're going to have to stand before a, a, a holy, just God who will judge them for their sin, and in their sin they'll be found guilty, and they'll be cast into hell for all eternity. And they don't know it because their understanding is darkened. They're living their life thinking everything is, is okay, okay because I went to church at this point in time, or everything's okay because I prayed a prayer once upon a time, everything's okay because I did this, or I gave money here, or I was, I was just generally a good person, my good works outweighed my bad. There's a whole lot of people out there that they have a, a, a wrong understanding, and their, 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 their understanding is darkened to the truth of the gospel, and because of that, they're blind. Not only are they blind, they're spiritually poor. Uh, they, 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 they have nothing, and they're hopeless in and of themselves. There is nothing that they can do that will, that will change the outcome of their life. There's nothing that they can do that can stop the judgment that's going to come one day. There's, nothing, there's no good works. There's no money spent. There's no church they can join. There's nothing that they can do, uh, humanly speaking, that will save them. They're hopeless. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 of, of, of Christians that our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if there is no resurrection, we are all men most miserable. Why? Because we have no hope. We're hoping in something that didn't happen. I'm here to tell you, and Paul went on to say, but Christ did raise from the de dead, and we do have hope. But our hope isn't in what we do or what we've done. Our hope is in what Jesus Christ did on the cross, how he died for our sins and rose on the third day to live forever and sit beside the Father up in heaven, and now he's our mediator. He, he, that's, it's all on him and not on us because we can't save ourselves. We were blind. If we were saved, we were blind, we were poor, we were hopeless. Next, I want us to take a look at his, his application, his cry unto the Lord Jesus Christ. It says there in Luke chapter 18, it says, verse 36, And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. I want to just notice something real quick. Here he is sitting, can't see anything, he's got his cup up or whatever, however, whatever he's doing, asking for money, and he hears this crowd going by, and he hears it, but he can't see it. He's, he knows something's going on, it could, could have been anything, it could have been uh, the Romans were pushing some people through, because remember when, G, when Jesus went somewhere, a whole crowd of people went somewhere. Uh, and they were jostling and all calling out for him. They all, everybody wanted to touch Jesus. Everybody wanted to, to get in on, on what was going on. Uh, so it must have been an uproarious crowd of people uh, following Christ. And he's, he, he looks over and probably another beggar or somebody else that was nearby. And he goes, what is that noise? And they says, it's Jesus. And something clicked in his brain. I have heard that name before. Isn't that the guy who, 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 uh, who, who, who healed the lame man? Isn't that the guy that cast out? Isn't that the Pharisee? The guy the Pharisees are always talking about about? Isn't that the guy that they say is the Messiah? He says, "Jesus." He began to cry out to, to Jesus. Now, first of all, I want you to notice something. Two things from that. First is this: the Christ passed by the way. So what does that mean? What do you mean by that? He didn't go looking for Jesus. Jesus came looking for him. He's blind, unable to go find him. It's not like he could have wandered the streets and stumbled, stumbled across Jesus. I mean, it possibly might have happened, but not likely. He couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, uh, he couldn't have gone out looking for him. Although he's heard of him. Although he knows who he, he knows the stories of what's going on, as evidenced by his faith and crying out and asking for healing. Uh, he he he's not able himself to go do it. But you know what? Do, what does happen? Jesus went his way. So that could have just happened. You're right. Jesus could have just happened to walk down that way. But I can t I can guarantee you this: Jesus didn't do anything without a purpose. Now, remember John chapter four. Uh, the beginning it says that, that he must needs go through Samaria. You know why he went through Samaria? To meet a woman at the well. You know why he walked down the street? Because he knew there was a blind man who would cry out in faith. Well, while Bartimaeus couldn't go seeking Jesus, Jesus sought Bartimaeus. 
Now, he didn't come and say, hey, Bartimaeus, my name is Jesus. What can I do for you? But he came by the way. Uh, hey, listen to John chapter 6, verse 44. says, unless the Father draws, some, draws someone, uh, that, they, that they can't, actually, just turn to it real quick, uh, that, they, that they cannot come to him. But I want you to see it. I'm not talking about Calvinism where God picks and chooses whom he saves. I'm, we're all saved by faith in Jesus Christ, and, and he's willing to save us all. But I want you to see that God, our eyes do need to be opened for us to be saved. John chapter 6, verse 44. No man, sorry, verse, start at verse 43. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Can we agree that it takes the Spirit of God working in the heart of a man for us to even acknowledge his existence? I believe for anybody to be saved, the Spirit needs to work in him. Now, I believe, uh, again, that God, according to God's foreknowledge, right? God knows who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. But he knew where Bartimaeus was, and he knew that if he walked that way, Bartimaeus would call on him. He knew that there was faith in his heart, so he walked that way. He walked that way. But I want you to also notice, not only did Christ pass that way, and by the way, I'm thankful that Christ passed my way, aren't you? Somebody came along and shared with you the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God opened up your eyes to the truth of the gospel. And that's how you got saved. Christ passed that way. But secondly, this, he was informed. He couldn't see. He said, hey, what's, what's this noise? People could have ignored him. They could have said, oh, there's nothing. Ah, oh, it's just some, some crowd going by. Don't worry about it. Somebody was kind enough to say, it's that Jesus guy they're talking about. If nobody had told Bartimaeus who it was, he would have sat there in silence. I mean, the Spirit of God would have, could have, would, have been, would have drawn him. He would have had a desire to see Jesus. Maybe, maybe he'd been hoping and praying all along that Jesus would come by once he'd heard of it. Uh, but, but unless he saw it, because he needed somebody to reveal uh, to him that this was Jesus that was coming by. So uh, here he is, he's sitting there, he asks who it is, and somebody doesn't tell us who it was, but somebody said uh, that revealed to him it was Jesus, and immediately he began to cry out to Christ. Yes, they need the Spirit to draw them. But you know what else they need? Somebody to share the gospel. See, the good news, for the gospel is the good news for you and I, uh, that Jesus died uh, and, and was buried and rose again on the third day. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Uh, he did it for our atonement. He did it because he loved us. Uh, the, the gospel, what a beautiful message, a picture of, of the love of God. But listen, unless somebody tells you about it, where are you? You're blind sitting on the street. You're blind sitting on the street. Somebody told you, did they not? Somebody shared the gospel with me. I don't know how many people shared the gospel with me before I got saved. I heard the gospel, I don't know how many times. I, in fact, I even, I even preached the gospel in, 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 in my youth group and in school was because uh, I went to a Christian school before I ever actually even accepted the gospel myself uh, as, as truth and, and, and God, God drew me. But listen, uh, it takes somebody to tell somebody. 
When's the last time you told somebody? I, I, I won't harp on it. We, talked, we, we mentioned this this morning, but how important it is that there needs to be someone to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It is vitally important, not necessarily for you, but it is for them. Because you have been blessed with, the, with salvation, and God desires to bless them. Now, not everybody that you share the gospel with will want to hear it. Some will reject it. There were many that rejected Jesus in his day too, even though he was performing miracles and healing people. They would watch those miracles, and they would walk away, and I don't know how they did it. I, I don't understand it, but they would walk away because they rejected the message that he brought. But I'm telling you, there are people out there that... If they heard it, if somebody were to knock on their door or somebody were to hand them the track or somebody would sit down and talk to them, there are those out there that will get saved. Do you know how I know that? Because the gospel still saves people. And if there weren't people out there that would get saved, Jesus Christ would have already come back. The Bible says uh, that, that there's some that count his, him slack in his promise of his return, uh, uh, they, they, meaning they don't believe that he's keeping his promise. And you know what, God, you know what the, the answer was that Paul gave? He says that he's not slack concerning his promise, but that he's long-suffering because he, he doesn't want anybody to perish. So he's waiting for those that will get saved to get saved. So if, if you want to hurry the, the coming of Jesus Christ, get out there and tell somebody about Jesus because so when, when the last one gets saved, he's going to come. He was informed. Somebody shared with him that the Christ was there. Notice also that his, his cry to God was a cry for mercy. And they told, him that, they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by, verse 38, and he cried, saying, Jesus, thou Son of God, have mercy on me. Notice in his cry for mercy, he didn't demand healing. He didn't say, you're God, and you, I deserve this. You, you took my sight from me. He didn't demand. Instead, he, he sought for. He cried for. He, he asked for. Uh, there are a lot of people that demand what they believe God owes them, and I'm telling you, God owes us nothing but judgment. But in his love and in his mercy, he'll give us his grace and salvation. The, the one who demands forgiveness won't be forgiven uh, uh, because why? He, he, he thinks he deserves it. Think back to the, the parable of Jesus. And he's, uh, he's talking about two men who were praying. And one was the, 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 the Pharisee. And he says, thank you that I am not like this other guy over here. The, uh, I'm paraphrasing. The, the tax collector. Uh, uh, I, I, I give to the poor. I pray in the streets. I do all these wonderful things. Thank you for making me who I am. Paraphrase. That's not exactly how he said it. But there was another one there. A tax collector. Tax collectors were people that everybody hated, right? Uh, they, they hated them because it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like the IRS where they collect taxes. It'd be like China uh, coming over here, taking control of everybody, and they and they they hire some Americans to come and collect your taxes. And you hate that guy that much because he sold out to the Chinese. That these were men that had sold out themselves to the Romans, and they were collecting taxes for the Romans, and then taking a cut above that for themselves for their pay. They hated these people. But here's this, so you have the Pharisee, the righteous man, the guy who does all kinds of good things, doesn't do anything bad, but over here, uh, at least 
in his eyes. Uh, over here you've got this, this, this uh, tax collector, uh, this, this man who sold himself out to the Romans, this man who's been stealing from, from his countrymen, the man that's hated by everybody. The Bible says that he couldn't even lift up his eyes to cry out. He just bowed his head and smote his chest and said, God have mercy upon me. And Jesus said, which one goes home? Justified. The man who begged for mercy. He, we see here he's, he's seeking for, for mercy. He, he didn't demand, but he sought it. Uh, he understood his unworthiness. He said, I, I'm a nobody. I, I don't have anything. I, I'm just a blind beggar in the streets, but God, please have mercy on me. There's an application for, for mercy, but there's also a cry of faith. Notice how he, he, how he talks to Jesus. Verse 38 says, and he cried, saying, Jesus. Now we know that's Jesus' name. What does that name mean? The Bible tells us that it means Savior. He cried out to the Savior. You say, well, he was just saying his name. Well, then he said, thou son of David. The, the fact that he said son of David refers to the fact that the Messiah it was to be a son of David. It wasn't just that, that he was from the lineage of David, but that he would recognize that this was the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. The one that they'd all been waiting for for, for for centuries, waiting for this Messiah to come, and many of them looking for the redemption from Rome, and, and, and not necessarily redemption from sin, uh, but they were waiting for that Messiah. He recognized that this was the Messiah and that he was God. We know that because he didn't ask for, he didn't ask for anything other than healing. Listen, only God can, he, remember he was hopeless. There was no man that could heal him. He was speaking to God. And so so he was, it, was, it, was, it was a cry of faith. Uh, he says, I believe that you are the Savior. I believe you, you are the Messiah. I believe that you can do what no man can do. And the same thing for, is with the, with the child of God. We need to come to God uh, seeking, uh, seeking mercy, but also we need to come to him in faith. When you got saved, you believed that you were a sinner and you, that you, were, that you understood that, that you were one day going to stand before God in judgment. And by faith, you trusted in the death of Jesus Christ. That's what saved you. Your faith. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, that uh, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And the same thing, you believed God and God gave unto you the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You're not righteous in and of yourselves. You receive the, 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 the gift of righteousness from him. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect. It means when God looks at you, he doesn't see you as the miserable, worthless sinner that we are. He sees us as, as, his, as his children. He sees us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's called justification. He sees us just, not just as if we'd never sinned, which I, I like that as a simple understanding of justification. But even better than that, he sees us righteous. It's not just that our sin's been washed away, but he sees, our, he sees everything, all that we do, or all that Christ did in us. So it's a cry, of, a cry for mercy, a cry of faith. And la- thirdly, here is, a, is an ardent and persevering cry. Notice what happened. It says, and he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he, sh- that he should hold his peace. 
He cried, he cried out until they heard him, or until Christ heard him. It says, and Jesus, uh, sorry, the next verse says, saying, what, what the, sorry, verse 40, Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. So he, he cries out, he starts crying out, and he's told to be quiet and to stop, to stop yelling, and he doesn't shut up. He just keeps crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy! Bible teaches Jesus, in fact, teaches us to, to, to pray without ceasing. He also teaches us to pray with importunity, is the word. That means we ask, and we keep asking, and we don't stop asking. We just keep asking until he, until he does it. Now, the Bible tells us this, that, that uh, if we call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. It doesn't give us a number of times we need to cry out. Uh, but it does show his, his how it does show us how desperate he was to be saved, or how desperate he was to receive his sight. And listen, it takes somebody in desperation uh, to cry out. I think we make salvation too easy sometimes. We 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 water it down, we dumb it down. To and when I say easy, I don't mean that it's not easy to be saved. It's nothing we do. But 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 we'll tell anybody they're saved as long as they they follow our prescription of salvation. But when I when I when I look at the Word of God. And I, I see those that cried out, those that called out, yes, they truly believed. And God did a work in their lives. There are too many people that prayed a prayer somewhere along the line, and they're trusting in a prayer that they prayed, and not in the salvation that took place when they asked for it. God will save us. He will save us if we have faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. But how many people have prayed a prayer and never, never took another step uh, towards following Christ? I don't believe that's possible. Now, it's not me to judge anybody's heart. I can't see your heart. I don't know. Uh, uh, and, and I don't second guess it. The Bible says that we're to cast the net. Jesus used that same used that symbol uh, in in a, in a parable, talking about uh, the casting of the net, and that the angels would then separate those the the those that, the the good fish from the bad. There'll be a time. Uh, it also uses the same the the phrase uh, separate the wheat from the tares. It's not for me to decide who's saved and not saved. I'm not going to tell anybody that I I don't know. I've had people come. What do you think? I don't know. The Bible says, by, the, by your fruits they shall know them. But Paul says, they have those, uh, those that went out from us, uh, those that went out from us were not, from, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. They went out from us because they were not of us. That's what it was. That's what it is. So, so there'll be those that leave the church that were never actually saved in the first place. There'll be, there'll be those that just don't ever bear any fruit and they, they, were, they were never in Christ. Uh, uh, and then there'll be those that they're just weak in their faith and didn't grow it. And I, I'm not the one to be able to, I can't, Verify which is which. What I, what I will say is this. If we claim to be saved, if there, should, there needs to be some kind of growth. There should be some kind of growth. We work out the, when I say work, when Paul said work out your own salvation, what he's saying is, is take the word, apply it to your life. Read the word, apply it to your life, and let God do a work in your life. Uh, but if you sit in the shade and you never do anything and you never grow, there's a problem. He ardently was crying out for, for salvation. Why? Because he believed it by faith. He cried out till he was heard, until his petition was granted. The results 
The first result is this. The people tried to silence him. You see it there in verse, verse uh, 39. It says, And they which went before. And I often wondered who that is. Because I don't think it was just people following Jesus. The ones that went before were very possibly his disciples. Right? Making the way for the Savior to come through. It doesn't tell us who they were. I don't know for sure. But how many times do we try to silence those that are crying out for help if we're not careful by the way that we treat them, by the way that we push them aside? Listen, the disciples, what, you know what the disciples saw when they saw him? A beggar. Somebody who was just wanting money. You know what Jesus saw? Somebody who needed salvation. How many times do we look at others and when God would say, let them come. We need to be very careful about that, that we don't silence those that are crying out and seeking God. Some other results of his cry, five quick points. Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. It says, and he cried, saying, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. 39, they were before him, rebuked him, but he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood. His cry stopped Jesus in his tracks. Prayer grabs the ear of our, of our God. When we pray, what is it we're doing when we're crying out to God? When we pray, we're calling on, we're calling on to him for help. Was it that we boldly enter the throne room of grace uh, where we seek help in time of trouble? The Bible says that he that, that he runs to runs to help us. Uh, man, I, I I love the that thought that when that he is so in tune with our needs, so in tune to our voice. Listen, the Bible says that we're to be in tune to his voice. The sheep hear my voice, but he's so in tune to us that, that we're in trouble. He's willing and more than happy to come running to our aid. Uh, again, I believe he walked down this way for on purpose, but when he heard the cry especially the ardent cry. They couldn't keep him quiet. Prayer stopped him. Notice also, uh, it, it, uh, it, brought, it brought him. Prayer brought him. Uh, Jesus commanded him to be brought to the Savior. Thirdly, he listened to his plea. Fourth, he granted his desire. The Bible tells us as, sin as sinners were to call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. There's no question to it. There's no hesitancy. We don't have to cry out and cry out louder. We cry out in faith and he'll save us. But as we pray, we're drawn closer to the Lord. We're brought into his presence so that he can listen to our plea. He gives us an opportunity, not just as unsaved to be saved, but now as Christians, we have that same right. In fact, he tells us we can have boldness. We're given, we're given the privilege and the honor of coming into his throne room. 
And then lastly, he, uh, there, he granted his, his desire. Or not lastly, there's one more. He granted his desire. He said, receive thy sight. You go look down at uh, verse, verse 41. It's saying, what without shall I do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said, said unto him, receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. He gave him what he desired. He gave him what he asked. Even more, even more amazing than that, he then honored his faith. He says, it's your faith that saved you. My goodness, when we look at what God did for him, we see what God did for us and the parallel there is in salvation uh, in, in this. He cried out for salvation. Salvation from what? Sin. Did, God, did, did he give you victory? Did he, did he, did he make you clean? Did he, did he give you, were you forgiven? Were you washed away the snow? According to the word of God? Absolutely. You don't have to be what you once were. You don't have to, you're not that, you don't live in that life anymore. Uh, when, listen, when Bartimaeus cried out to God, they brought him to him. He said, what would you have me to do? He said, that I'd receive my sight. And he said, thy faith has saved thee. Receive thy sight. At that moment, something happened in his life. His eyes opened. Now think about the first time, if you were blind, think about the first time that you got to open up your eyes. You got to look around and see the beauty that was around you. The first thing that he saw was the face of the Savior. You and I don't get to see that until we get to heaven. His faith it literally was made sight. He got to see the Savior. He, uh, he looked around and saw the trees and the birds. and his, his life changed instantaneously because Jesus Christ granted him his desire because Jesus Christ healed him. Listen, when we get saved, when we got saved, your life changed instantaneously. Ephesians 2 describes it as, as that, that God who was rich in his great mercy he saved us, amen? And, and not only have we been brought from death unto life, but we've been granted a, 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 a heritage, a, a, an inheritance in heaven. We're never going to even see the goodness of God's grace until we get to heaven. We can only partially see what God's done for us now. And we can look at my life, I look at my life and I say, wow, look what God has done over the last, man, it's, how old am I? 20 years. Okay, longer than that. <laughs> 30 years. Almost 30 years. Man, I've been saved for almost 30 years. Oh. I know some of you guys have been saved for longer than I've been alive. It's okay. What a blessing. I look at what God's done in my life in those 30 years. And the, and the grace and mercy God's shown in me in those 30 years. That change changed Bartimaeus because no longer did he sit on that side, side sidewalk or side of the road whatever it was, alleyway begging for money what's the Bible say that he did immediately he received his sight and followed him he got up instead of, instead of still sitting there blind as a bat wondering what's going on and listening to the, the crowd walk away, 
the sound get fewer and fewer until you couldn't hear the crowd anymore, and then just hear the humdrum that you heard every single day, the same voices, the same feet. Instead of doing that, his eyes have been opened now. And he can see the beauty of the earth. He can see all the things that are around him. He can see where he's going. He's, hey, I mean, God has changed his life. And he chose to take that life and follow Jesus. He said, I'm not going to sit here anymore and beg for money. Listen, he could have said, I can get a job. I can work now. I can. No. And that doesn't mean he didn't eventually get a job. But he decided at that point that the best thing he could do would be to follow the one who saved him. There are too many Christians or too many people that claim to be saved that they get saved, they pray their prayer, and from that point on, they sit back on the side of the road claiming they're saved. Well, if you're saved, why are you sitting on the side of the road acting like you're still blind? Get up. Follow the Savior. He followed the Savior. Why? Because there, there were things he needed to learn. There are things that he needed to be taught, things he wanted to see. He wanted to spend time with the one who was there. May God help us to have a desire to spend time with Christ. To serve Christ. Can you imagine how grateful he was for 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 sight? That he, I, I there are those videos on uh, videos on YouTube of, of people getting their, the the cochlear implants and the first time they get to hear the voice. And sometimes it's little kids and man, those things those things will make you cry. I don't know how many times I've I've welled up in tears and when I've seen you know some little kid who's never heard their mama's voice they hear the mama's voice and they're just big 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 grin and tears running down their face or 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 the or the or the woman who uh, the young lady who uh, her mom and her fiance were or boyfriend were there when she got hers turned on and the first words she heard from him were will you marry me you know they those things that make, they make people cry they make those videos on purpose can you imagine the first time you 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 you, you, you being able to see how, how grateful you're going to be to the one who gave you sight. I mean, it wasn't like a, a, a work of doctors or, or, or nurses or, or healthcare system. Listen, it wasn't some, some man's invention that you got to put on. No, God came along and he gave him sight. And my, he was grateful, so grateful. He said, I want to just be with you. He could have gone around and seen all the things he'd never seen. He could have went home and said, Mama, Mama, and saw his mama's face for the first time. No, he, he didn't even want to go look in the mirror and see what he looked like. Probably that was a safe bet. <laughs> Being a baker, he probably wasn't the, the most presentable. But what he wanted to do was spend time with the Lord. My goodness, that should be our desire as children of God is to follow him. But not only did he, did, did he follow him, I want you to notice he glorified him as he went. Everywhere he went, he's, he, he, he said, glory to the, the, the son of David. Thank you, Jesus. He gave me sight. He's running up to everybody. He goes, I was blind, and now I can see. And we'd all been sad, blind people. Got our sight. And even more than that, because of that, because he followed him, because he glorified him, the last, the last result was this. His life became a testimony to others. Notice it says, it says, he followed him, glorifying God, and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Everybody that knew him, they walked by him for years. Because he's He's not a kid. He's an adult. He's been begging, begging on that corner for 
a long time. It, it's, it's interesting. You can drive up and down around the rotaries, and you can recognize that it's always the same people, the different rotaries. It's not a bunch of different people. It's always the same ones. And sometimes they move spots, and it, it tricks you. Like, how did you get over here? I thought you were on the other side of town. Listen, you know, you know on my face. Do you know them? Have you handed them a track? They, they knew Bartimaeus. They, uh, they'd watched him. They probably even gave to him, fed him. Cold days, maybe they threw a, threw a scarf around his neck, something to keep him warm. But when they saw what God did in his life, what only, only God could do, and they saw the change, they glorified God. And that should be the change that takes place in every one of our lives. Those that see, that knew us, should see the difference. They should see where we're at now, and they should give God the glory. Because it, it's not that we just turned over a new leaf, but that we're glorifying God for what he's done. They should be able to glorify God. May God help us to take this and just remind ourselves of what God's done. And uh, remind ourselves of how grateful we should be. And uh, remind us maybe we ought to tell somebody. Because there's a world of people that need to be told. And maybe, just maybe, on our way, we can follow the Lord Jesus Christ and glorify him. Pray, Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, for each of the, these that are out here this, this afternoon, what a blessing it is. God, I pray that, that uh, Lord, that you'd have your way in our hearts. Lord, uh, Lord, only you can see into our hearts. Lord, you know where we're at spiritually, hot or cold or, or lukewarm. Lord, you know whether we're saved or lost. Lord, you, you know uh, what's in our hearts and in our minds, what's what's causing us to follow you or, or turning or causing us to be distracted from following you. Lord, I, I pray that you would just touch each one of us individually as need be. God, I pray that, that uh, your, your spirit would have its way in us. Lord, if there's one here that's not saved, Lord, that you would save them. You draw them to you. And Lord, if there's one here that's... Uh, Lord, maybe you place somebody on our heart that we should tell God... Help us to do that. Lord, I pray that you have your way. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.